Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on King Jordan Radio. This is King Jordan you're listening to. Tonight we're scheduled to be with Joey Jackson. And uh, as soon as Joey uh, calls in, uh, we will uh, talk about uh, the incident that went down with uh, Tracy Morgan. And uh, we will be also be talking about the latest uh, shooting uh, situation that went down in Las Vegas. Just to give you an idea of the uh, situation um, with the trucker, let's listen to the TYT Young Turk. And uh, we'll uh, wait for Joey uh, as this goes on. The truck driver who caused a six-car crash on the New Jersey Turnpike uh, that killed one man and critically injured three others, including comedian Tracy Morgan, had not slept for 24 hours, according to the complaint charging him with vehicular homicide. The complaint charges that 35-year-old Kevin J. Roper of Georgia was driving his tractor trailer on the turnpike in Cranberry early Saturday morning without having slept for a period in excess of 24 hours before he struck the 2012 Mercedes van carrying Morgan, who is in critical condition at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick. The crash killed James McNair, a 62-year-old of Peekskill, New York, also known as Jimmy Mack, who wrote for Morgan and was one of his closest friends. Meanwhile, Roper is also charged with four counts of assault by Otto for causing injuries to Morgan, comic Artie Fuqua, uh, 43 years old, of Jersey City, Morgan's aide, Jeffrey Malaya of Shelton, Connecticut, and comic Harris Stanton of Brooklyn, New York, all of whom were riding with Morgan in the van. And just an update, Roper will have his first court appearance on the charges Wednesday in New Brunswick before a Superior Court judge. He is free right now on bail, uh, $50,000. So, and at this point, Tracy Morgan has a broken nose, several broken ribs, a broken leg, and is still in critical condition. Yeah. So, now what's interesting is that, um, and I'll tell you why this is a little personal for me in a second, um, is that the Senate actually is um, right now considering legislation on how much rest truckers need to get. Right. And of course, what they're thinking of doing is relaxing regulations that require the extra rest. Yep. So one of the things that they're thinking of taking away is this idea that they would have to um, at least get 34 consecutive hour rests between their jobs at certain intervals so that um, 
um, within a week, and some of that rest has to be between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Yep. Now, look, the people who are on the side of deregulation will say, oh, you're nitpicking, you're getting into their lives, telling them what hours they can sleep and how many hours they got to take off, etc. But they're driving these massive... All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me bring him into the program. He is a HLN legal analyst. He hails from my town of New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Joey Jackson. Goody, give me a second, Joey. I'll be right with you there. <laughs> Good evening, Joey, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you, Joey? King Jordan, I am wonderful. How you doing? All's well? Everything's all's well. It's summertime here in the Big Apple. Uh, things are looking beautiful. Uh, I see you on the uh, case, uh, HLN on the case. You're doing a wonderful, terrific job. Well, I appreciate that. And you, I know, are bringing viewers the very latest in cases and information and everything else. And it, you know, you're a valuable resource, so keep it up. And I know there's a lot to discuss, so uh, it's all good. A lot going on in this world, huh? Yes. Let's start with uh, Tracy Morgan. Uh, I do want you to hear the uh, arraignment that went down earlier today, I believe it was, and then I want you to tell the listeners uh, what this means in the uh, legal world. Kevin Roper is being charged with one count of vehicular homicide. He's additionally being charged with assault by auto. That's a fourth-degree offense, the first count being a second-degree offense against four individuals. I'm going to give a copy of the warrant for that matter, as well as a summons, which is 1202S2014-00049. I'm going to serve a copy on the defense, giving him notice of the charges. I additionally have a copy for your honor's benefit. Counsel, may I enter not guilty to your client's behalf? Judge, absolutely. You may enter not guilty for your course of award to uh, obviously the, the county and the remaining uh, counts of assault by law. Not guilty please shall be entered. Counsel, what's the bail status on the side? Yeah, and at this time, the bail is $50,000, which is within the guidelines. Um, the state assets, the bail be continued as said. Okay, Joey, can you explain the legal issue, uh, what went down with the uh, driver uh, that caused that accident and what he's being charged with? Absolutely. All right, let's start here. What happens is when anyone's arrested, eventually right. they're brought before the court. And the reason they're brought before the court is for a process called an arraignment. At an arraignment, a defendant is entitled to be informed of what he or she is facing. And by doing that, the statutory charges, that is, the, you know, the charges by law are brought before you. And then a defendant enters a plea, which is generally not guilty. And then the case is determined by the judge, should there be bail set, should there not. In this case, bail was previously set uh, at $50,000, and that bail continued. Now... Let's start here. What is he charged with? He's charged with one count of death by auto and four counts of assault by auto. What does that mean? Death by auto in New Jersey means it's basically vehicular homicide. That is, if you're driving any type of vehicle in a reckless way, 
and as a result of your reckless driving, someone dies, that's a criminal offense. Now, in order to establish, and I'll tell you what death by auto, excuse me, assault by auto means momentarily, but in order to establish that someone uh, has driven recklessly, you have to show, well, how are they driving? Were they driving in a manner that's inconsistent with the general rules and regulations of the road? How do you establish that someone is reckless? Well, what happens here is that the claim by the prosecution is that he was sleep-deprived. In a normal instance, when we think of reckless driving, we think of someone swerving. We think of maybe someone stopping or starting or moving or shaking or running. Now, in this particular case, the prosecution apparently has some evidence that he was uh, didn't get the proper amount of sleep. Now, what's the relevance of that? The relevance of that is under the New Jersey statute, if you can establish that someone was sleep-deprived, that is, that they hadn't had sleep for 24 hours or that they were sleeping at the time of the accident, under the statute, a jury can infer that they were reckless. So that's huge. So if the prosecution is able to establish that there was sleep deprivation and that he had not slept in that 24-hour period, now you can have a jury infer that this person was operating the automobile recklessly, and that's big because it goes to establish the charge. Here what they're saying is that the driver, when he was approaching a zone where he should have slowed down, and that other cars and uh, you know, other automobiles were indeed slowed down, he did not. And as a result of that, he caused uh, a death. Now, he's also charged with the four accounts of assault by auto, and that also has a reckless component, meaning you were driving recklessly, only with regard to the assault, the people didn't die. They were seriously injured. So under that count, you don't have to prove death, obviously. You're not claiming someone died there, but you're claiming that they were seriously injured. And if you look at Tracy Jordan's injuries, obviously they established with the ribs, the nose, the, everything that he endured, that that serious physical injury, in addition to the other victims of this particular accident. And so, in a nutshell, what the prosecution is doing is they're staking their claim that this, that this uh, truck driver was driving in a reckless way, and as a result, he caused the death of one, and he caused serious physical injury to a number of others. And as a result of that, those charges at that arraignment were read to the defendant. The defendant now is on notice that the charges are there. He entered a plea of not guilty. The bail is set, and the case is adjourned to a later time for both sides, that is the prosecution, to marshal their evidence that they have in the case, and for the defense to get more information and investigate so that they could defend the client against the charges that he's facing, which carries five to ten years in jail. Okay, now you as a defense attorney, uh, what would you do in this particular situation with the facts that you know as of uh, now? Well, what happens is is that it's a major claim to suggest that someone, you know, was sleep deprived. You have to now prove that. How do you establish that somebody did not sleep for 24 hours or that they were asleep at the time that it occurred? There could be multiple reasons not relating to someone being, you know, engaging in any type of criminality or recklessness, why someone does not stop, okay? Now, accidents happen every day of the week. People are not generally charged for car accidents in the event that they don't engage in any criminality. By the way, I should point out, as I lay out my defense to you here, that the statute also says that if you were on a cell phone at the time, the jury could infer that you were acting recklessly or not only being on a cell phone, but if you were drunk. Now, we don't have any indication of cell phone use here. There's no indication of uh, driving while intoxicated here. So the reliance upon the prosecution, it's all predicated upon that sleep. 
So they're going to have to, and the defense is going to have to guard against and say, look, how do you know and how can you suggest? They're going to look at the defense will, that vehicle. They're going to look at the records of the vehicle. When did he stop? What's the distance he traveled? What does his easy pass or whatever else say? What does his text messages or anything else establish in terms of him being up? Was he on the phone? Was he not on the phone? And so the prosecution has a significant burden in presenting to that jury that, hey, this guy did not sleep for 24 hours. And I think that, you know, look, unless they have the goods or other eyewitnesses or, you know, factually can assert that he was driving all that time or, you know, he didn't stop or he did stop, it was briefly, and the time that he was stopped, he was on his phone, unless they can bring forth factual evidence to that jury, it'd be difficult to show that he didn't sleep for the 24-hour period. And that's what the defense is going to attack here. They will argue that it was an accident. The fact that he didn't slow down had nothing to do with being sleep-devived. He could have been, you know, otherwise distracted, which is a, is, a, is a shame and should not have happened. But the prosecution will say it was an accident like any other accident and certainly not one that rises to the level of criminality. Now, uh, as far as the uh, perception, now that Tracy didn't pass away, but somebody else did, how huge is that from the defense standpoint? If Tracy Morgan would have died, you and I know that there would have been an outpour probably. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I, I guess first of all, a lot of eyes are watching this, and it's like anything else. People have said, well, because Tracy Morgan's a celebrity, you know, is that why the, the prosecution has really jumped all over this? I, I think partly yes, because you can argue that whenever, there's, whenever eyes are on an offense, everybody's on their best behavior, right? Whenever everyone's watching, the prosecution now is going to be, you know, more forceful in their prosecution. They're going to dot every I. They're going to cross every T. It's human nature that when people are focused throughout the state, throughout the country, on a particular offense, people now are going to be on their guard. And so everybody's going to be watching this case. The fact that Tracy Morgan's life almost got taken away has really put a lot of focus on this case. And I think the prosecution, as a result, is going to really dig in their heels and try to get a conviction. At the same time, the defense is going to, again, argue that, look, accidents happen every day and twice on Sunday. Why do we isolate this and suggest that he engaged in a crime because he didn't slow down at the rate of speed and someone was injured? It's horrific. It shouldn't happen. It's horrible. But cars flip over, cars turn over, trucks hit and kill people. Why is this guy a criminal? And I think what you'll also see is you're going to see regulations in the trucking industry that uh, were just introduced by the federal government on, on July 1st of last year, I think they'll take another look at those regulations to see, well, are they enough? Should truckers be getting more sleep? Should they, you know, have more breaks in between stops? Should they be only allowed to drive certain distances? And there'll be renewed, you know, enthusiasm and interest in those regulations, you know, uh, as a result of this particular case. But I do believe that the defense in this case will vigorously try to make the argument that their guy slept and that there were other causes to the accident other than sleep deprivation. And uh, what do you think? Uh, does he have a good shot at being acquitted? Fair shot, or you can't tell right now? It's, re- it's really early. And, you know, the fact is, is that we just don't know enough. We know that we love Tracy Morgan. We know he's an outstanding talent. We know that someone else died here who was a comedian in his own right. We know that other people were injured. We know that a limo turned upside down, and we know this is a tragedy. 
And because we're human beings and we have feelings and we sympathize and we empathize and we care and we're concerned, people want justice. And that's a proper way to act and that's a proper way to react and that's a proper way to be. But at the end of the day, any case is driven by facts. And we can't create our own set of facts and circumstances. We have to let those facts play out. And believe me when I tell you, there will be a thorough investigation. And that investigation will look at, again, the laws of that truck. When did it start? Where did it start from? Who was driving that truck? Was he driving it the whole time? Where was he going? Was there a deadline upon which he should have been there? How many, you know, how many different tolls did he pass? When did he pass those tolls? What did his phone records say? Bill, be, Bill will be examining everything. What did the gas receipts show to see whether or not he slept or he didn't sleep? You know, there'll be records pulled. Did he stop at a stop area? Did he stop at a hotel or a motel? If he did, what time did he do that? And unless those facts otherwise bear out or give some indication that he did not get the proper sleep, the defense will hammer home that this was an accident, nothing more and nothing less. And uh, do you think Tracy Morgan will have to be interviewed and uh, talk about what happened that day? I th yeah, I think ultimately Tracy Morgan will be interviewed. And I think that, you know, he may have a lot to say about it, but the reality is that he may not know. Remember, this is a rear end, and he's in the car, and who knows what he was doing. You know, he'll give the indication, uh, God, you know, God willing, when he is uh, better, when he's able, when he's alert, and when he can cooperate and speak to authorities. The primary concern for him, of course, and we all wish him well, and we want him to get well, and that's the primary concern for him, that he is well. But I think when he speaks, yeah. he may or may not know what happened. He may have been, you know, in the car like we all. We may be talking and all of a sudden, bam, I'm upside down and, the, you know, the police are, and the ambulances are pulling me away. But I think that, you know, he, of course, in addition to the other victims here, will give critical information in terms of, you know, how this happened, whether they saw the truck coming, uh, you know, and what, what was the nature of the impact, what happened after the impact. But I think he, like the others, will be a critical witness in addition to eyewitnesses who saw what occurred. And how, how many years is the prosecution uh, trying to get um, from this defendant? Well, we don't know what the prosecution, you know, assuming there's a conviction, you know, we don't know what the argument will be. But again, the offense carries five to ten years on the vehicular homicide. The assault charges carry up to 18 months, which is a year and a half. So obviously the vehicular uh, homicide is, which is the death by auto count, is much more, much more serious. But we don't know yet at the time of sentencing if there is a conviction with the prosecution will argue. And I think that, Jordan, will be a function of what evidence is established at, you know, at the time of trial. What does come out? Was this guy really sleep deprived? Was he on a deadline? Was Walmart riding him to get to his next stop? Uh, you know, was he, is there any type of proof that he did stop and he was at a rest area for a specific period of time? Was he stopped and did he then start again hours later? All of that will go to show whether or not he, you know, potentially was sleep deprived or not. And because, again, the prosecution is saying, hey, this guy hadn't slept for 24 hours. They now have to prove it. Absolutely. Okay, the Las Vegas shooting situation. Uh, I want to let the fans uh, hear the clip so they uh, know what's going on, and, and I want you to uh, talk about this on the other side. 
deadly rampage in Las Vegas. We're learning more this morning about the killers. The couple reportedly had extremist anti-government views and they were out to kill cops. ABC's Ryan Owens is in Las Vegas and has the latest for us. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning to you, Robin. Behind me is the shopping center where this all happened. Police say this young couple came here hunting for police officers to kill and they found them. A man and a woman are responsible for so much bloodshed in this Las Vegas shopping center. Officers haven't identified the cop killers by name, but overnight police and the FBI searched a nearby apartment complex where neighbors say a couple in their late 20s was well known as militant and talked about their plan to murder police. They were going to kill as many officers that they, that they can and they were going to do away with themselves. And that, because um, they, they actually told us they didn't believe in the government, the feds or the cops, and they just wanted to get rid of as many as they can. Neighbors say the couple were white supremacists, and the local newspaper, the Las Vegas Review Journal, reports police found swastikas and other neo Nazi paraphernalia in the apartment. At 11.22 Sunday morning, the couple walked into this pizza restaurant and made good on their threats, ambushing two officers on lunch break. 41-year-old Alan Beck and 31-year-old Igor Saldo were killed. The Review Journal also reports the killers draped the officer's body with cloth, showing a Revolutionary War-era flag. He just told me to tell the, the cops that it was a revolution, and he had just killed two cops inside the They weren't done. Five minutes later at 1127, more shots fired across the street inside this Walmart. Witnesses say the gunman yelled, everybody get out but not before one of them killed a third victim, a woman, just inside the front door. The duo then exchanged gunfire with police before retreating to the back of the store. There, they carried out a reported suicide pact, the woman shooting her partner and then herself. The two Joey, officers who were murdered are husbands the, uh, and fathers. Is this a case where the uh, gun laws got to be changed? What's your thoughts on this case? Well, a couple of things. Uh, early reports in this case, just to correct something factually, was that the wife shot her husband and then herself. The later reports, at least you know where CNN and HLN were concerned, is that the police then confirmed that that did not happen, that apparently her wound oh, was inflicted and so was he. Right, and so was his. Initial reports were that she shot her husband and killed him. The subsequent reports when they did more investigation was that she killed herself and so did her husband. Now, the issue of gun control, uh, briefly, Jordan, is that's a loaded question. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, I'm one that I, I believe in the Second Amendment. I understand and I get the fact that people do have a right to bear arms. I'm not against that. But I think that people need to be responsible with their guns, and I think there needs to be more, it needs to be regulated more. I think we have to look at mental health issues. I think we have to look at registration issues. I think we have to look at making it harder. Uh, you know, it's just more difficulty with regard to people getting their hands on weapons. And so I know that it's often been said that, you know, people don't kill people, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But certainly there's something going on. That something is very, yes. very disturbing, whether it be this particular incident, whether it be a school shooting. And it's madness. It's got to stop. It needs to stop. And whatever it will take to stop it, I'm on board with. There, and Piers Morgan points out that in London, or the U.K., rather, the, uh, cr the uh, killing rate compared to 
the United States uh, is uh, apples and oranges. And, uh, you know, the, the NRA and this and that. So it's really a, it's a big time now that people uh, with the Newtown shooting, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really tough thing with the shooting and the guns and everything being so readily available. I think maybe, you know, people could have guns, but definitely need to have the right licenses and things like that. Your thoughts? Uh, I do agree with that. I mean, I understand and I get the fact that, you know, we're a country that's free. I get the fact that people love their guns. They care for their guns. They want to have their guns. But I certainly think that there needs to be more restrictions. I need think there needs to be firmer, you know, gun controls in place. I do think that, you know, that it just it just needs to be regulated in a more effective way. And I think based upon the power and the just general strength of the NRA, it's a very hard sell. And if you can't have a situation where there's a school shooting and children die and that you get the Congress to act, I just don't know how else you can get the Congress to act. So, you know, before I'm attacked by the NRA and the gun people, let me say that I respect their rights to bear arms, but I also respect that we have a government that needs to be in a position to monitor it more safely, to have people register their weapons, to have people ensure that people who have them are mentally fit, and to ensure that they have them responsibly. And I don't think that, you know, gun control measures are going to clamp down on the Second Amendment at all. And I just think that there needs to be some happy medium because this is madness that needs to stop and people are dying. That's the bottom line. And uh, as you know, uh, New York has some pretty tough gun laws. Uh, we've seen uh, stars been put away uh, with guns. So uh, I don't know. Like maybe they could take a page out of New York, some of these states. I, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's so true. But I just think that, you know, remember that each state and each city, it sort of has its own government. And as you travel throughout the country, you learn that people have different views, different beliefs, different opinions about everything. And that's why you have death penalty in some states and not in others. That's why you have, you know, the respect of gay and lesbian rights and the marriage and gay and lesbian rights in some states and you don't in others. And that's because it's a large country with different people, with different views, with different thoughts and different diverse beliefs. But I think as it relates to gun control, you know what? This is something that, you know, all rights are important. All rights, you know, are sacred. I could appreciate that everybody has their own independent thoughts. But when it comes to killing people, when it comes to death, when it comes to destruction, when it comes to mayhem, when it comes to murdering our children, you know, and the people we love, something's got to stop. And I, I, I would hope and pray that it doesn't soon. So there you have it, my friend. Absolutely. Okay, O.J. Simpson, it's 20 years now, uh, the famous Bronco Chase. Uh, and I had a spectacular show here with Karen Cavanoke, uh Herman, and uh, Susan Constantine, an LAPD officer. And the first question I posed, and I'll ask you, is did the defense win the case or did the prosecution blow it? What's your thoughts? Uh, I think there was some of both, uh, certainly, but I also think that they did have a dream team. They had very equipped counsel, and I think that they had a nice campaign of what I call diversion. And that is, is that let's focus on everything but the facts of the case. Let's not focus on the victim, says the defense. Let's not focus on Nicole. Let's not focus on Ron. Let's not focus on the blood and have people who are, you know, who are dead and who were savagely beaten and killed or however he ultimately killed them with a knife. But let's focus on 
Mark Furman because he's a racist. Let's focus on the gloves, and they don't fit. And when they don't fit, you must acquit. Let's focus on a cover-up by the police <laughs> department. Let's focus on contamination of the DNA. And I think that the defense was very adept at doing that, and the fact that the prosecution would let them do that, you know, I think they're certainly on both sides of the blame. But the result was what it was, but I'll end by saying this. Um, you know, in the minute that we have left here, I'll end by saying this. The reality is, is that karma catches up with you, Jordan. And ultimately, karma yeah. caught up with O.J. Because while he was acquitted of this offense, we, you and I both know, and the viewers know, and the listeners know where he is now, and that's in jail. And so you can fool some people sometime, but not all of the people all the time. And as a result of his own conduct, uh, I don't see him getting out anytime soon. Thanks a million, Joey. Uh, we will speak to you soon. Always a pleasure when you uh, come on the uh, King Jordan radio show. Okay, that was Joey Jackson. Uh, I want you fans to go to uh, Joey uh, Jackson fan on Facebook. Uh, check that out. You can uh, check out also coming up on June 23rd at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the Michael Jackson Tribute. And uh, the that will be a lot of fun. I, I guess Joey's back. Uh, Joey, I want to thank you uh, for um, coming on. Sure. I'm sorry. Uh, I got disconnected. I did want to say, you know, good night, of course. And you run a great program. Yes. I'm always glad to join you. And I just want you to keep up I, the wonderful job that you do. Okay. Yes, and your friend Sharon uh, wanted a, a shout-out for that wonderful page that she did, Joey Jackson Fans on Facebook. So Let that's a great page. About Sharon. Let me tell you about, about Sharon. She is one of the most remarkable people that I would ever have the pleasure of working with, ever have the pleasure of having entered into my life. When you talk about a soul who was all about humanity and about people and about kindness and about spirit, and about sharing and caring about others, she sets the example. So it's my pleasure to know her. I think I'm a better person, you know, with her uh, in my life. And I know these are strong words, but she's just incredible. And my wife and I love her to death. And, uh, you know, and all the people that she gathers around. I mean, you know, we have a fan page, Jordan, as you know, uh, on Facebook. Yes. And we just have such an assembly of, of wonderful people. I mean, you know, we have from Maddie, and they know who I'm talking about, from Maddie to Barb to Brian. It's just, it's just the one, and all the people in the page that make it happen. I owe them a debt of gratitude, and I could never thank them enough. So, you have a great night, peace, love, and happiness, yes. and all the best. Okay. Thanks a lot, Joey. We will speak thank to you, you soon. Jordan. Take care, Jake. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, and of course that was Joey Jackson. That's Joey Jackson fans on Facebook, and uh, you can go there right now. Uh, as I was saying, on June 23rd, the Michael Jackson Tribute Show, you will hear from Chris Tucker. You will hear from Zach Efron. You will hear from the bodyguard, Kerry Anderson. You will hear, that was Michael Jackson's former bodyguard, from Tom Mesereau. You will hear from Nurse Lee. That's coming up at 9.30. And if you want to be a part of it, you can also Skype into the show. And uh, 
uh, we will put you on with Tom or one of the other guests. So don't forget that. Now, Tracy Morgan uh, was on Howard Stern uh, some time ago. In honor of that show, uh, I wanted to play uh, Tracy Morgan on the Howard Stern Show. It's a great listen. It's about 38 minutes or so. Sit back, get the popcorn, and enjoy. Folks, we will speak to you on Monday and Tuesday. We're scheduled to have wrestler B. Brian Blair. Uh, Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh, He has become America's sweetheart. (laughs) There he is, Tracy staring at Robin. That's my woman right there. Tracy, are you always on, because I was in the bathroom and I could hear through the walls, I could hear you carrying on out there. I was hanging out with Medical Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Medical Pete. He got a tall chick, little pigeon over there, man. Yeah, oh, he got you good. Yeah, I thought he was a crackpot. You got to hear this. I thought he was a crackpot. Funniest tape I've ever seen. When did you figure out it was Benji? Um, when I saw the tape. Yeah, <laughs> who showed you the tape? My my assistant Kenny. So funny. Listen to this. I got to tell the audience. I got to let them in on what you're talking about. I told this story the other day, yeah. but now that you're here, I'm going to tell it again. Benji's nuts. Benji's walking down the street with Doug Goodstein. All of a sudden, <laughs> he's whacked out of his head. Tracy does a thing where I, I didn't know you do this. You saw a group of people standing around, and you pull your car over. It's an expensive car. No. And That's you signed I did it. What did you do? I was I bought a Canon a sh- uh, camera, right? The Canon, the new Canon camera, and I needed a chip for it, right? So, matter of fact, we needed a camera bag because the bag didn't come with it. So we pulled over to an electronics store. My girlfriend was oh, in the store, okay, and the kids store saw me. Oh, I see. Okay, because we thought you just randomly pull over no, and start no, signing autographs. No. So Tracy was really nice. Seriously, it was sweet. It was, it was a group of kids, mostly uh, black kids, right? Yeah. And they were all coming over, and Tracy was signing autographs. Benji sees just randomly. This happened by accident. He sees it's Tracy. <laughs> Benji goes running down. He says, Doug, grab a camera. Doug had a shitty little phone camera. Yeah. And Benji starts, he goes over, and he stands next to Tracy, and he starts, what did you say he first, Benji? He screaming, Eddie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. First he screams, Eddie. Eddie! 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 <laughs> Tracy's looking at him like he's going to fucking beat the shit out of him. He goes, what do you think? We're all, we all look I'm alike? Right, right. right? You said to him, I mean, what do you mean, Eddie? Yeah. What do you think I am, Eddie Murphy? Yeah. He goes, yeah, you're Eddie Murphy. He goes, well, I'm not. I'm Tracy Morgan. He goes, you're Eddie. And he keeps calling him Eddie, irritating the shit out of you. <laughs> Eddie! So Tracy ignores him. Tracy starts signing autographs. Benji grabs the autograph papers and starts signing Benji and signing Tracy. Yeah. And signing. So Tracy turns to him and goes, who the hell are you? He doesn't recognize Benji. He goes, who the hell are you? And Benji goes, uh, I'm signing autographs. No, I'm in your life. No, no, not yet. He goes, I'm no. signing autographs. And Tracy goes, you, who are you to sign? He goes, get away. He goes, are you, I'm not going away. I'm in your life. <laughs> and Tracy goes, you're not in my life. He goes, I'm in your life. I'm in your life. And then uh, finally, Benji, what what was the final horror scene there, Benji? What did you do? Tracy was...
People are trying to take pictures, and Benji keeps oh, putting his head Benji in the Benji starts posing for pictures with Tracy, <laughs> and Tracy just gets so annoyed he gets in the car and pulls away. Yo, I talked about that all day. I'm like, yo, I talked about girl. I'm like, yo, this dude, this, this white dude was bugging out. <laughs> How he close was bugging you? out. How close are you to just like punching he was, him in the head? Yo, he lucky I had my crew with me, man. <laughs> and stuffed him in a garbage can and stuff, man. It was unbelievable. It's great. I'll show it on Howard TV. It was so funny. I mean. I was getting mad, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I was getting Mel Gibson mad, man. I know. What do you make of this? I was this? getting white boy mad. What do you think of this Mel Gibson? Man? I've been telling people white way. Is way worse than black rage. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, have you ever heard? Uh, that's where the Incredible Hulk comes from, man. He ain't no superhero. He's a drunk white dude in a bar. <laughs> have you ever? He was angry because then he got with her and he realized that she was like just using him. He got hey, he was enraged. Don't you? No, think... Gibson is enraged. Well, he listen. can't believe this is happening, right? Yeah, he <laughs> bugged that girl, took him for a ride. But once she's a hustler. But once Mel Gibson says the N word. That's it. Man, ain't nothing but hip-hop. Only white people getting upset about that, man. What are you talking about? Ain't black people, rap, man. hold it. Black on, people man. hear the N-word. I say the, you say the N-word, just say nigger. What are you talking about? He says to her, I hope a pack of niggers rapes you. First of all, he's referring to black <laughs> men as packs, like wolves. That's racist. Yeah, probably, yeah. Coming right? from him, yeah. Coming from him? I mean, who isn't upset about I that? I know a couple of dudes that wrote like packs of wolves. Yes, okay, there might be some guys. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that has nothing anybody. to do with their race. It's just what they do. Yeah. So, so you're not upset about it? Nah. You're not? You could work with Mel Gibson. Are you ready to work with Mel Gibson? If the check is right, I'm good. No kidding. <laughs> and we get him for cheap. Yeah. I we can get him for cheap. I know he won't be the star. That's right. He don't work with anybody now. This is the time you can't work with anybody. You were so right. You could do a Mel Gibson movie now for Come what? Come on, I'm a star. You, you can get him for dead. You can get him for cheap. <laughs> you see, this you is what? Everybody dropped him. You're going in cheap. And you're going to be the star. And I'm going to say, I'm too old for this shit. But isn't it like Hollywood? Isn't as soon it... as I beat Mel Gibson's ass on film, I'm the hero. I'll be bigger than I'll be bigger than Will Smith's son. Isn't you it? can <laughs> kick Mel Gibson's ass on film. <laughs> Does that drive you crazy? Seriously, the the whole Will Smith thing. I mean, with the kids and the gimmicking them in the movies. And the, I mean, isn't it a bit? Shouldn't dude, kids just be I kids? If I see another movie about a young white dude who's a superhero who gets a hot chick, I mean, ain't all this anime? They need. Will there never be another Donnie Brasco? But you do hear what I'm asking you. Is Will Smith doing the wrong thing? I mean, he's got enough money. He doesn't need his kid to be in the movies and be famous. Let the kid uh, have a childhood. Um, I, I can't speak on him because that's his child. Right. And that's Will. And I did enjoy the movie, and I think. Right. So, but, um, uh, well, you can't tell nobody how to raise their children. Sure I can. There are a few things that are wrong, aren't there? Isn't there something wrong? <laughs> yeah, but you can't tell nobody how to raise their children. Right. You can't. Maybe no. his son wants to do it. His son must, must, maybe his son wants to be like his father. Most children do. I'm glad his son is out there doing that instead of doing this. Yes, or but anything you else. seem to forgive everything. Mel Gibson, you forgive. Nah, very I don't forgive. Forgiving it's, just, it's not that. It's just that, you know, I don't know Mel Gibson. Right. I don't know 
that motherfucker, man. He ain't, what he did ain't affecting my motherfucking life. <laughs> right. He ain't call my mother no hoe or no cunt or nothing like that. <laughs> right. It'd be a different story. I'll fuck his ass up. Have you ever, I don't give a fuck. Have you ever lost your I'm temper str- yeah. with a woman and called her a cunt a whore? And, fucking right. Yeah. But I, you make sure there's no recorders. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, You're have, no argue, you have an argument with your sure. woman, sure. but... Ain't no, I mean, it ain't to the point where it was like, I'll fucking knock you and put you in a rose garden. I ain't doing no <laughs> shit like that. Mel Gibson. If I got to do something like that, the pussy ain't worth all that. But Tracy, you know, it, if you listen to Mel Gibson's argument, take away the racism, take away the anti-Semitism. He, he was enraged. He was enraged because he felt, you know the what? the motherfucker was a herb and he got caught out there. In other words. That girl never loved him. How are you going to leave your fucking wife? Yeah. He even says on the tape. If you really listen me, to ain't it. Ain't no other woman ever take me from my wife. Me and my wife got divorced. That was me partying. Right. That was alcohol. Right. The right. woman didn't take you away. She wanted off that fucking roller coaster. Right. And I had she I wanted to see her happy. So she's in a happier place, I'm in a happier place. This motherfucker's just out there. But Tracy, uh, Mel Gibson got mad, and maybe you can understand this as well. He felt that he was putting up a tremendous amount of money for lifestyle for her, really coming through. Even recording. You know, she's supposed and, to be some kind of musician. Right. So and he, he was helping her a with her career. And he said to her, you know, I come home. You don't even blow me. You don't. And she's in a club. We ain't have damn near nothing. That's every man's argument. What you got on? He says her pussy is hanging out, that her titties are fake, and that she's flashing them around. She's breastfeeding with fake titties. Can Man, a he guy... had to know she was like that before he even got with her. Does a guy have a right to get that angry uh, if a woman is going around with a nope. pussy hanging out? No. Go eat that. Know. Eat right. that. Just eat it because you knew when you met her, motherfucker, she was like that. Right. That's what you. That's, that's what, you what attracted you. That's right. what you meant. You knew she was dealing in sin when you got with her. If a girl stops blowing you, like she comes home, you know she's obviously faking sleeping, and she, she's supposed to give you a blowjob that night. Instead, she, she was supposed to have a romantic night, get in the jacuzzi you with mean you. You suck my dick? Suck your dick. Okay, fine. I don't say blowjobs. White dudes say blowjobs. All right, job. I'm a white dude. Oh, I we're talking suck Mel my Gibson. Dick. All right. I'll, I'll talk dick. a little black. I'll go there with you. <laughs> <laughs> suck my dick. <laughs> All right, listen to me. Gag on my shit. What I'm saying is... I don't want no head. I want dope. It could drive you crazy, couldn't yeah. it? It could. It yeah. could drive you nuts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You recently went to the White House. Tra- Who would have thought Tracy you growing Morgan up... Tracy Morgan in the White House. Tracy Morgan. Uh, how did you end up at the White House? How does? How do you get in touch with Barack Obama, our president? I don't know. You asking me? I don't have that connect like that. Somebody must have put my name out of a hat or something. How did this come about? <laughs> How did it come about? I just, uh, I was, I was, uh... Where were you when you got word? I was home, and I looked at my, my emails, and my, my, my PR people just said, listen, you got invited to the White House. Isn't wow. that something? You are going to the correspondence dinner at the White House, and I was like, what? Are I, people... You know, not bad for a kid who went to public school. I went to public school 59. <laughs> are you, you know what I'm saying? Are you told about etiquette there? In other words, are people concerned that you're going to go there and embarrass yourself no. and the president because you're very street? And the president, after all, and Michelle, you he's might street say the, too. He might say that you might say he's the, street too. What are you talking about? He's street Obama's too. street, man. Don't let that suit fool you. What did he you? He wearing a Wu Tang T-shirt under that suit. You man. say the president wears a Wu Tang Clan T-shirt. <laughs> he got a stock snitching T-shirt on, man. Save Little Kim or something. What happens when you? By the way, you dated Little Kim, didn't you? We was friends. You banged her? No. Never had sex with her? No, never. She crazy? I know Little Kim. No. You like her? She's the sweetest person in the world that I, when I was 
hanging around us. She was cool people. Has uh, success gone to her head? No, nah, I don't think so. Do you go to the She's White from House? Brooklyn. Do you behave in a certain way? What did you wear? Yeah, what did you wear to the I White House? I had a suit on. A I wore suit? a nice tuxedo, black tie, and I was kicking it. I was chilling. How does that come about, a tuxedo? Do you go and buy it yourself, or do you have an no, assistant? No, I have people dress me. You do? Yeah. What do you mean you have people dress you? How does I have, that work? Uh, I forget his name. He's a big designer. I got our best dressed on uh, when I went to the Emmys last year. So you show up, you show up oh, in a tuxedo. You should have seen me, Robin. Really? You would have jumped all over me, baby. <laughs> did you bring a date to the White House? No, it was just me. Why really? did you bring you a date? Really? You girlfriend? Because they, I, they didn't give me an invite for a date. It was just me. I would have loved to have brought my girlfriend, Tanisha. You couldn't say I'm going to bring She's Tanisha? Hot. You never saw Tanisha? I think, is she the girl on the video sitting in the car? Is that? Oh, Light skin, oh. pretty. <laughs> Looks like a young Eddie Murphy's ex-wife. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. My baby. She's hot. You should see her. You should see her at the Emmys, dude. You exclusive That's my baby her? girl. I'm no ex- That's my baby girl. We've been living together for three and a half years. Is man. that right? Putting it in, yeah. Putting What's it you, in. She riding. What, 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 what does she do for a living? Be with me. That's how she's living? Just, yeah, be no. with me. Why not? But she just got a, her degree. In what? And business management, yo. Oh. She graduated, so we went to Hawaii and chilled for like a week. Plus, I had a show out there. When you take her to Hawaii, stadium. do you go and hang out with big celebrity friends? She must be very impressed with you. We went to Hawaii, and we got mobbed on the beach. She loved that, I bet. Oh, uh, no, she steps back from that shit. She's but like, she sees I, her, I, man, I, this is great. You could have hired people to mob you. <laughs> I no. mean, that turns a woman on, no? I, I, I think she's proud of me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? But she with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody else still Tracy Morgan. She with me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> you hope. Or else no. you'll end up with well, a Mel Gibson. Mel she was too. there with me yeah. with my diabetes and all that. So she knows the Florence Nightingale stuff. What did you say to the president? When you met him. Oh, man, you should have seen how it was crazy. It was overwhelming for me, man. I was crying and everything. Were you? Yeah, there was a on a podium, and I was sitting there, and everybody was in there. Everybody was, I mean, everybody. Who's everybody? Was someone, everybody, Morgan Freeman, everybody. Morgan was Freeman there. was there. Everybody was in Washington. Mostly black guys, uh, black no, actors. Is every, that gonna... everybody. White people. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Brad Pitt. Pitt everybody Brad Pitt. was there, man. With the beard, Brad Pitt. Everybody. Listen, I'll tell you, that was the room. That was like the Golden Globes to the sixth power. Who who suggested that you be there? Who is the one who? I don't know. You have who no put idea. You on that I don't list. know. I don't know. But yeah. check it out. Now, I'm, I'm there. And, I'm, I'm and there. you get in a receiving line. The president stands there, and you are in line no, with Brad Pitt. He was already there. It wasn't that formal. It was a dinner. It was everybody? How was do you meet him? It. Does he walk over to you? Or do you walk no, over to I'm him? No, I'm getting ready to tell you. You gotta let me tell Go you the story. Tell me something. So I walk in, and you know, there's a red carpet. Everybody taking. So I'm there. I'm like, wow. I must. I'm in this league now. <laughs> right. No, you're big. You know, I right. open up a movie and all of that too. Did President Obama call you Eddie? By no. accident, no. like Benji did. No. Oh, all right, go ahead. Yeah. No. All right. He, he called me Tracy. Right. Good. So I took with, I stood by the desk and I took a picture with him. Well, back and up. I, How does it work? In other words, you're in a line. No, you just walk in. Walk in where? In a room. It was at the. Uh, it was at the. The Hinton. Who was that guy that shot Reagan? Um, Hinckley. It was at the Hinkley Inn, the Hinkley, the Hinkley, whatever, what's that, was at that hotel. Really? The same the hotel? Hinkley Hilton or something like yeah, right. that. And you walk in and and they say, uh, Tracy Morgan. Everybody's just out there. Yeah. Nobody's and announcing I'm by anything? Myself, no. Well, you were such a good conversationalist. You must have said something to the president. You must have, you started to cry. 
No, I looked at the president, and he looked at me and winked and said, what's up, Tracy? Yeah. Hi, Tracy. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, wow. Obama, don't me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I looked over at Hillary. I mean, not Hillary, at Michelle. Michelle yeah. And she's talking to Jay Leno, and I said, what's up? I know. She looked at me and said, hey, Tracy. And that's when it, the tears came a little bit. And uh. I, I went back and sat back at my table, so I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm everybody's just looking at me and I'm just like and then I look over to the left and I see like Colin Powell knocked two people down trying to get to me and wow. he came and he hugged me he came made it straight to me and he hugged me and I said and I'm I'm, like, I'm crying and I got my head down I'm saying I'm sorry sir I'm sorry but I'm overwhelmed this wow. is powerful for me and he said don't worry about it I love you Tracy and I looked at him and I said um, I love you too sir and um I said, I hope you don't mind if I tell everybody you my biological father. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He started laughing. Then when he walked away, I said, bye, daddy, yeah. in front of the whole room. It's funny. Morgan Freeman, I looked at Morgan Freeman, and he was looking at me. You know, Morgan been around for a long time. Sure. So he probably recognized the face, but couldn't place, you know. So I started looking at him. And then I said, Daddy? And he got scared. You know? I got a 42-year-old son out there. You know? I'm sitting he got there. Scared. You know, you described meeting the president and getting overwhelmed when Michelle Obama says to you, uh, Tracy, and you had tears in your eyes. As you told it, I got the chills, and I, I got a little teary myself. Because imagine if your grandmother had seen that. Tracy Morgan in the room. Where the my pops had yeah. saw that. Imagine if your father saw that. Yo, comedy. Comedy. Brought me all the way to the White House, brother. Wow. Gotta believe, man. You gotta I believe. believe. You know, you have said, and I, I think you say it jokingly, if you had uh, gone to college, it would have ruined you. You never would have had a career. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that. You don't tell your son that. That uh, you know. I'm talking about for me. If I would have did, if my life would have went any other path, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't change anything, good, bad, or the ugly. 30 Rock uh, has done... I had to go through the alcohol stuff, man. I had to go through the divorce. I wasn't ready for all of this if I hadn't gone that. All of that stuff, not that it was felt good, but it matured me. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to... It made me strong. I had to... You got to go through the fire. 30 Rock really did a lot for your career. As much as Saturday Night Live brought you to 30 Rock, 30 Rock is the thing now because you're so brilliant in it. You play, in essence, uh, you're the heart of the show now. And that has done it for you, 30 Rock. So Tina Fey, we love her, right? Yeah, Tina was putting it in for me uh, on Saturday Night Live. When I'll I wasn't you... getting in much, she would uh -huh. put me in stuff. I, you know, I guess she was smart enough to see that I knew what I was doing. Like, I was creating characters. I was writing. I was doing this. And she was smart enough to see that. That's right. right. That's right. She's it's smart. not that she's just smart, but she was smart enough to see that I'm smart. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, this dude. She believed in you. Yeah. She believed she in you. Yeah. She didn't yeah. believe in you. But not only her, Lauren Michaels. Lauren I met Michaels, him the other night. Yeah, Lauren is the dude. Man, Lauren could have picked out of 5,000 people. He chose, you know, he said, yo, come be on a show. Have you ever explained to me how you got into Saturday Night Live? Like, what the process was? Did they come down to a comedy club and look at you? Was that it? Yeah, they came down to a comedy club, the comic strip. And That's the same place that they got Chris Rock and Eddie. And so they some scout, so to speak, sees you up on well, stage. Well, I was with Barry Katz. I was with Barry Katz. Me and Jim Brewer was on a show before that. 
God, Brewer does some impression of you. Oh, he tells We don't see each other much, but that's success. You know what I'm saying? He's successful. So, so we both work. Brewer. But when we, when we was on, that's my dude. <laughs> Brewer, Brewer is some funny guy. You know, let me tell you something about Jim, man. He, we was on the TV show up in Harlem. Right. When I first got it, and black people loved that dude. What happened? Fell in love with that dude. Why is he not more famous, Jim Brewer? I think he's one of the funniest guys. I mean, his impressions are dead on. I can on. tell you why. Why? Because Jim don't conform. Jim doing it his way. Well, listen. It might take a little bit longer, but he's doing it his way. He's like Frankie. He's always been like that. Jim going to do it his way. You've, of course, heard him do your voice, right? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't hear too many I don't. Wait, I don't. listen. Listen to. He was record. He's doing a special for us on Howard TV, and we're doing our twenty-five greatest guests of all time. You, of course, being one of them. And here's Jim introducing Tracy Morgan for the special. This guy is like going to the zoo and watching the monkeys because they make you laugh, but yet you don't know if they're gonna toss shit at you. That's why he's just captivating. I've known him forever. He's my man. You better be careful because if you don't watch out, somebody's going to get pregnant. Tracy Morgan. It's my man. I'm on the Howard Stern show. Fuck out of public. Do you fit my girl with Howard Stern? I'm on Howard Stern. That is brilliant. Yo, he do it just it sounds exactly like you. He do it just like me. He yeah. sounds just like me. Word up. So you were at I'm the I was sure. You were at the comedy you were at this comedy club. The guy comes, he sees you and Brewer that night, and they say, Hey, you're that good. We want you to come meet Lorne Michaels and audition for Saturday Night Live. No, Jim was already on the show. Right. Oh, I see. Jim was already on the show a year before Will Ferrell and them. I guess they were still casting. Right. And uh, I went on. Uh, Barry Katz got me an audition. At you, first, they wasn't gonna. They didn't want. They didn't want to see me. They wasn't gonna let me audition. Barry Katz said, "Yo, you gotta see this fat black dude with a propeller hat. He's funny." Did you know that night you were being considered when you were up on stage? I didn't know nothing, man. I just knew I had three kids and a wife on welfare, and I was doing my thing. So Fuck that. I have nothing to lose, man. So That's how I feel right now. How it? Was, I don't have nothing. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't have nothing to lose. I know that, but was, you know, now you do have something to lose. What? You got, you've got a big career now. You're getting invited to the I White House. I lose my fucking mind like Mel Gibson if I'm not careful. That's right. You have something to lose. You have a stake there's in some society. some piranhas out there, man. I talk, if I could tell Mel Gibson, yo, there's a war out here on the streets between hoes and women. And the hoes are winning. <laughs> and they bring fucking back up. Did you just move your apartment? Yeah, I got, I'm living in the city now. I hear. I hear. I live in right city. in the mid in midtown. And... It's so weird because there's so many porn shops like in the hood. Everywhere. No yeah. And no Last here. night I went to go see, I went to go buy Cop Out. The movie on DVD is the number one DVD in America now. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the dude was in the shop and he was like food shit. Like we had a shopping cart and everything. <laughs> yeah, fake buttholes and you know, <laughs> extra large male Caucasian fist. In the, in the porno store, he has a shopping cart. That's the sign yes. of a loser. You yes. don't walk around you gotta, with But you got to stick your dick in something while not plastic. Isn't it kind of right, funny? Gingy? Isn't it funny, Tracy, that like a guy would You think you'd be in the old days, you're embarrassed to be in a porno store. Now you're getting in, a cart. You, now you get a cart like you're a Toys R Us.
It's crazy. It was food shopping. Dude it had lubricants and <laughs> fake vaginas, like six of them, like four fake booty holes, everything. This guy's not getting any pussy. He had a fake mouth. <laughs> in you know, the shopping. Yeah, in the shopping cart. Ah. <laughs> he had like two fucking big extra large male fists. Hey, I got to ask you something. Isn't it true years ago you bought Michael Jackson's glove? You spent, like, some unheard of amount of money, like $14,000, to buy Michael Jackson's glove at an auction, right? Mm -hmm. It was one of the actual gloves that he bought. Right. And people probably thought you were nuts buying a glove of I Michael love Jackson. I Mike, man. Okay. So, as it turns out now, the glove's worth something like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. A lot now. of bread, man. And I will never have it. How much did you pay for it? Fourteen. But, yeah. Wow. I would never sell it. Where did you go to buy it? I don't he know. sweated in that glove. <laughs> Where did you go to buy it? Uh, in the auction. You went to the auction yourself? Yeah, my boy Kenny got it. You sent someone there? Yeah. And you said buy and it And I'm me. about to get, what else am I about to buy? Uh, one of Evil Knievel's helmets. Why really? You like a lot of memorabilia? I love Evil, yeah, I love Evil Knievel. Why do you love Evil Knievel, I would think? Evil Knievel is my, one. He's. I love him, man. I've patterned my life after Evil and Elvis. No kidding. Do you, do you own Elvis memorabilia? I would love to own a piece of Elvis, too, man. Well, let me ask you this: When you buy Michael Jackson's glove, do you keep it in a drawer? And I want to get. Um, and um, when um, I'm also order um, when uh, Vanessa Del Rio dies, I'm gonna get one of her labias. <laughs> when you when her you pussy lips, I'm when gonna you, get one. As the owner of a Michael Jackson glove, what do you do with this thing? Do you where is it? Do you do you display it's, it? It's right is in a is in a case. You have a case. It's in a case next to my propeller hat. The very first propeller hat that I ever wore on stage. Now, is it and one of the sparkly ones, or is it... Um... Sparkly ones, okay. the glove. Yeah, right. the glove, the it's glove. heavy, yeah. Do you, do you... There was a lot of them. Yeah. He had a lot of them gloves. <laughs> do you ever take it out of the case? Do you ever smell it? it? Did you ever I wear it? I got it in storage. Do you try it? No, I put it on. You keep it in storage in a glass case. Yeah. Why not display it in your home? No. Why? Cause what do you mean, no? I don't bring anybody into my house. I I got that in a nice safe safe but you would with enjoy, my hat. But you would enjoy seeing it, wouldn't you? I mean, that would be the that, point. That would be an idea, but I, that right there, well, I would have to wait till I buy a house. I would wait a minute. I would want to wait till I buy a house, and I would have a room we can for my memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to just have it right there, you know? Right. It just it's, seems a shame that you love Michael Jackson. You're keeping this But I got a vision. I'm right. going to get a case in the wall. A nice space inside of a wall. Nice. And that shit is going to be like a museum. Hey, Howard. I like that, yes. You know, last time Tracy was here, remember he did a, uh, he ran a Sibian ride? Yeah. He took the Sibian piece and the case with that's him. Right. Yeah, that's going to be part that. of the museum. I got, I got the, yeah, that's, I got <laughs> the that's all part of all the museum. All my stuff is in storage, man. <laughs> you, um, so go back to Saturday I got night. a, I got a, um, I got a, uh, O.J. Simpson jockstrap. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Where would you get I that? I strained tea in that, so if you cut a mouth, don't do If Michael Jackson's corpse was available to buy, would you buy it? No. You would not buy his body? I'll let him rest in peace, man. Michael Jackson used to buy Elephant Man remains. He would try to get different corpses. I don't see why you I'm couldn't... letting him rest in peace. I don't want nobody. I wouldn't want nobody buy my corpse, man. Let me rest. Right, okay. Let me rest. So, I'm not disturbing that. So so the price tag on a Michael Jackson glove now is somewhere up around $50,000, but you will never sell it. No. You will always hold on to it. <coughs> this, is yep. not, this is not something for speculation. It could be like 100000 now, man. Weren't you part of this effort to get LeBron James to come to the Knicks? Yeah, man. We, we, we with the Madison Square Garden. They brought us there. They brought me there, and we just filmed like for three hours this 
you know, come to New York thing. Didn't work out, did it? Nah, he went to Miami. Disappointed? They, uh, yeah. Mad at him? No, because it does. It's not going to stop us. We, we the Knicks, baby. Me and you sit together. You're damn right. I was and glad he's not coming. Yeah. I think I'd have trouble getting seats uh, at the game. <laughs> no, I mean, one, he was just a piece of the puzzle. <clears throat> we trying to build a team. Right. But it's a shame. And you worked hard to get him. They asked me to be part of it. I said, no. You know what? LeBron's a grown man. He knows where he wants yeah, to go. I, I and mean, I don't beg anyone. You don't want to live in New York? Go fuck yourself. I don't care. New York is the place to be, man. That's it's right. It's the Mecca, baby. Absolutely. Now, look. What's going on with you and your mother? Last time you were here, you had written your book, your bestseller. Mm -hmm. And you said to me, I don't have a relationship with my mother, but things are going to be repaired. Things are going to get better. I spoke to my mom on the phone two days ago when I went on my way to Great Adventures. That's yeah. a major thing. Yeah. W this was a major breakthrough, no? Yeah, just call and see what's up. What's that? No doing? kidding. On, when huh? was the last time you had spoken to her up until two days ago? A couple of, wow, a year, a couple of years ago, man. Really? Now, so you make it sound so casual. You pick up the phone and call her. Why all of a sudden? Uh, my brother, I was, I, was on, I was out in Boston with my older brother. My oldest brother was on the road with me, and we had such a fun time. And I asked him about mommy. I said, what's up with mommy and all that? And I said, give her, give her my number. Tell her to call me. So, you know, as I'm driving, she called. Ah, she called you. It was a missed call. I looked at the phone. It was a missed call. It says mom's. Right. And then when I called, I went, when I got the great adventure, I just called her back. She said, no, nah, I'm just calling to see how you doing. You are my son, blah, blah, blah. I said, what's going on? What's up? It ain't me and my mom's ain't like, mm. it's like, what's up? Did she cry? No. Did you cry? No. Was it weird or awkward after a year or two of not speaking? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It was, it was, it was crazy, but, you know, that's my mom. You Is know it going to happen? Yeah, I are know you exactly what you're saying. Are you going to talk to her more often? Are you going to see she, her? Uh, my moms live out of state. Mm -hmm. So what? So I don't. Unfortunately, you I don't. You don't leave get, the state? I don't. No, nah, it's not that I don't leave the state. I don't state. think he's allowed to that. leave the state. It's not that. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not a criminal. It's not that. It's just that I don't get a chance. I'm so. I'm ah, moving. you're not being honest. That's you're not, not being honest. honest. No, no, no. I have, not a I have a family that I got to take care of. Oh, come on. Uh, she you know can't saying? travel come either. On. My moms could do whatever she want to do. And that's so the, you that's two the aren't rub. talking my about she, she, she but you two know. aren't talking about but you gotta what you're saying. Wait a minute. What you're I'm saying. I'm 41. Right. And we don't need to see family and relatives like that. Nobody's saying Me that. Me and my mom's got to take baby steps. All right. Well, that's my mother, and I think a phone call here and there is good right, right now. I think what you're right saying now. is, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, and what you're saying is, your mom could get off her ass and come visit you. And Absolutely. she could come see her grandkids and all that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So you're a little angry. Been, uh, you're angry. No, you're not, angry. No, I'm not you angry. are. She could do no, it. No, I think I let She's it go. She's being a child. I think I, no, I think I let it go. Sometimes people project. And sometimes people try to turn you into their parents. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what she's doing. You know what I'm she's she might expecting be trying to turn you. me into her father. Oh. Of course. She, why is she standing on ceremony? She should come visit you and the grandchildren. We're here. Of course. You see, what? I'm not angry with her. It's cool. Yes, you are. I'm not, Howard. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly. Yeah. I'm angry at a lot of motherfuckers. Who are you angry with? <laughs> I'm angry at the machine. God damn it! <laughs> I want to get inside that motherfucker. <laughs> I want to start pushing buttons and pulling levers. There's a lot of things I want to change, and I'm angry at. And that's my rage. That's what will keep me. You know what I'm saying? But little shit like Mel Gibson saying this and that. I don't. 
Nah, I don't feed into that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's a lot of other things like oil in the fucking water that we could be dealing with. Right. I, I could be. I'm. I'm angry at Lindsay Lohan. What the fuck is she getting all this fucking press about? Right. You been to jail? I was. Yeah. What the fuck? I ain't getting no press. <laughs> I was on the Lindsay Lohan program. Sure Why the work. fuck I gotta share the tube with Snooki? Oh, You're not kidding. I'm fucking. I'm skilled. <laughs> I got skills. You gotta go. I'm to... angry at a lot of shit. Yeah. You. Why? Will... Where's my next fucking movie? Right. And Hollywood, wake the fuck up. You I'm here. I'm on the cover of GQ. You are. Yeah, I did a movie. I, I did a movie at the beginning of the summer with Al Pacino, baby. Yeah. Al Pacino blew my back out. Well, then how was Shot it? the shit out of me. Really? What does that mean? I fall off, I fall off a roof. I'm, I'm in a drama. What? I'm in a drama called um, No One's Son. With Channing Tatum and Ray Liotta and Al Pacino, and I get shot. When and is it's this fucking awesome? You should see me die. When is this movie coming out? I don't know when is it coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but it was just at the Cannes Film Festival. Did you learn anything from Al Pacino? I mean, this is one of the greatest what? actors of all time. Did what? you learn anything from Al Pacino? Hell yeah. He what said, did you learn? Find your inspiration. Is that what he said? Really? He said everything you fucking learn when you when you when it's time to do the shit, forget it. Well, and just find inspiration. Everything you train for, when it comes to do the actual act, forget it. And just find inspiration. I don't understand hmm. that. You got to find your inspiration. But that doesn't well, mean a thing to you me. You got to be inspired to get up and come to this motherfucking job every day. You're inspired, Howard. You know we love you. And forget what you've learned? Yeah, I mean, it's like a dancer. He said dancers, so what's ballet your dancers, they train, they learn their routine. But the day of the show, they have to forget all of that shit and just find inspiration. What is your inspiration? Oh, man. Um, your mom's? I, I find inspiration in all kind of shit, man. I find inspiration in the motherfuckers telling me I couldn't do it. Motherfuckers telling me I, go, I would never see the president. I find inspiration in people saying that me and Robin will never get together. But you will. Yeah, you <laughs> know I'm going to get pregnant because you know I'm old school. I don't be pulling out, man. You I don't came... be pulling out. I, that's my baby. I would get Robin you know what your inspiration so is? fucking pregnant. She'd be by, 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 with a fucking, with the paternity gown on and everything. <laughs> and when she had my daughter, oh, I would just be standing there watching her breastfeed and everything. You could get That'd Robin pregnant? That would be my pregnant? fucking baby right there. You think you could get Robin pregnant? Hell Fucking yeah, man! I can fill up with like a half half of that cup. I can fill up with my jizz. <laughs> my jizz, B. Yeah, you're the man. What? You're the man. Oh my God, that's my baby. She, I smile. You have that's to a go fine see. chocolate motherfucker right there. As my father would say, that's a fine motherfucker. That ain't a that ain't a gorgeous woman. That's a fine motherfucker. And she got the crazy big badonka dong. When Sandler, y'all out there, y'all out there in the Howard world, y'all should see what I see. Y'all don't, you don't even know how many times I'm a master. To Robin, oh, man. Is that true? No. Is that when, true? I, that... when I was at fucking Saturday Night Live, I was a douchebag. Me and Norm McDonald were douchebags. <laughs> we were fucking superheroes. We were bump physical. One twin powers activate. Form of two douchebags. I, uh... One we, yo, I'm going to tell you something. After every pitch meeting, there was a line outside the bathroom where I was masturbating so much. Oh, my God. I, they would us. see oh. me go in the bathroom with my magazines. A brewer told us a great story. I beat my dick to every fucking in every bathroom in 30 Rock. Brewer told us a great story what about he you. He was talking about how you, Colin uh, Quinn, you, Colin Quinn and Brewer raped Will Ferrell. 
Every day. <laughs> Every day. It drove you guys nuts that Will Every Farrell. Every day he would walk in our office. He would walk in our office, and we would just go right into character like we was gay, like in prison. <laughs> and he would come in there, Will would come in there, like unbeknownst to him, and we just start fucking raping him. Me, Colin, every all well, the fucking time. The idea was you guys were angry <laughs> that Will was always in character. Everywhere we raped him. And he was him. playing a gay character, and you guys said, you know what? Let's see you stay in character when we rape your ass. <laughs> we raped his ass And Brewer described that you're always the guy at the door going, save some of that for me. Yeah, I'm looking out with the with got my do rag on. I'm looking out while they fucking raping them. <laughs> Yo, Howard, I love being on your show because you dig deep, man. I love it. You be getting shit out of me. You like my Doctor Phil, man. I come in, I hang I out love with it. you. I love when you come in. It's uh, like therapy for me coming to see Howard Stern, man. A lot of motherfuckers run for the border, man, but I love it. Hey, how's your son dealing with uh, this hot Who, girl? Trey? How's he dealing with this hot girlfriend of yours? It must Trey be confusing. Chilling. Yo, man, she's she 19. Running she's she running around. She's probably blowing his butthole. I think she licked his butthole because oh. his logic is off. He has a twisted sense of logic, so I think she tossed the salad. Motherfucker can't do shit right. He, yo, let me tell you something. How good pussy is, man. Right. That should make you go against your parents. You know what? Adam did against God. Right. Eve gave him that motherfucking, that twist. And it was a rat. Do you Eve ever. He said, make me some fruit salad, this fruit cocktail. Would you ever allow a reality show of your life to be taped with you and your kids? No would you way. ever go that way? I don't think America's ready. You don't think America could handle it? They would have life. to give me a bunch of money. I would have to get Howard Stern money. Big money. Big fucking then money. Then you'd open up the door. Hey, yo, I got some black chicks that want to want to go down on you, bro. No kidding. Yeah, it I takes a village, man. Get, yo, man, it takes a village. I'm way into that Remy it takes mom. A village. Well, when does that come up? You're walking over, you're sitting around, and all of a sudden. Yo, let me tell you something, Robin. Most of my most of my fans love fucking Howard. When yeah. I used to, yo, Hot black Howard, chicks. When you on Howard. We have, that's the Robin, you. remember when I was coming on to Remy Ma? Yes. I almost, oh, yeah. I almost yeah, had yeah. her. Almost. She what wanted the, you, I the, think. What was the hurdle? What was the dilemma? I don't know. I think she was tied up with someone else. <laughs> remember? She you was almost had Remy yeah, Ma? Yeah, well, I could put you. it on you, man. I came on to her. Nothing happened. Yeah, you yeah, like that nappy dugout. Oh, you I like the nappy it. dugout. I love you. Now, listen. I grew up in a black neighborhood. I tried many times with the girls, and the sisters would all say to me, I can't fuck you. I can't have sex with you. I can't even be your girlfriend because I'll get the shit beat out of me. I was the only white guy. Yo, it's so that dude. They couldn't bring I you home, motherfucker. So what's the point? I was like I a had black Italian man. girl tell me that shit. I can't bring you home. So what's the fucking point? <laughs> I, you know I want you. Yo, you know what scene on on your in your movie? Remember the the girl with the fucking knockers? Yes. Yeah. Tobasa Queen. Queen. Yeah. yeah. That really happened. You uh, saw it right there. That wasn't it. CGI. No, that's no CGI. That's no <laughs> special effects. She can do wow, it. Wow, yeah. women are women are fucking. Oh man, they're crazy. Women. Women go out. They they could take it. They sure can. They could take it. Tracy, you're a, a great guy. You know I always wish you a lot of success, and I'm telling people. When are go, you coming to see me I'm perform? Well, and when am I going to have dinner with you? Soon. You have dinner with Chris Rock, but I no, can't get it. No, I didn't have Chris Rock. Chris Rock stood me up. I had it with Spade. So why the fuck? I wouldn't have stood you up. Let me tell you something. Adam Sandler was just in town. Rock, Spade, did they invite you to dinner? You're a Saturday Night Live alumni. And you've worked with Chris. Yeah, that's right. Why no, didn't these didn't guys, invite, they didn't invite you to dinner? I didn't get invited. I don't think, I think, I know it doesn't hurt. I just think that it was, I was, I'm not a part of that generation there. No, oh, please. Sure you are. It's ridiculous. They're alumni, but I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. All right, Tracy, I want to thank you for coming in here. You sat down like a man. You talked about everything. 
You didn't shy away from any topics. Nah. You'll work with Mel Gibson. And you and if that's the sh- <laughs> they're, they're, the motherfucker don't ask for a little lot of loot. They, give you, we got five grand for him. That's true. You can get Mel Gibson. You know what? I might you put Mel Gibson the in the Christ movie. too. <laughs> Passing the Christ too. You're right. There you go. Christ in the hood. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. I love you, Howard. Love you, Robin. Too. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.